and welcome to the Exceptional Scrum Master Podcast. My name is Yinka and I am your online Agile coach. This podcast is designed to help you understand all things Agile, help you land your dream job, and help you succeed in your role as a Scrum Master. So if you're an aspiring Scrum Master or you're relatively new to the concept of Agile, then this podcast is what you want to be keeping up with, all right? Because we are going to take you to that next level. All right, guys, so let's get started. So in today's episode, I really want to focus on how to build a high-performing team. And the reason why I'm choosing today's topic is because one of your key responsibilities as a Scrum Master is for you to ensure that your team is super effective. And one of the ways for you to ensure that you have an effective team is for you to have a team that is really high-performing. And so today, I want us to focus on the things that you need to do as a Scrum Master to ensure that your team is really high-performing because only a high-performing team would truly be able to achieve the goals that have been set for by the organization for that team. So what are some of the things that you need to do from a Scrum Master's perspective to ensure that this team that you're supporting truly gets to that level that they are truly high-performing? Now, to get started, I want to introduce you to the concept of understanding how teams even work, right? So imagine that you're joining a team. This team might be new or not. But remember that when you join that team, you need to understand how the team works, right? So especially if they are a team that have been existing, right? So you need to understand this is how this team does things and this is how they're able to get certain results. So now let's imagine that you've been able to observe the team for like a week or two and you notice that there are there are quite a number of things that maybe the team is not doing right or there's probably room for growth like there would be with any other team. One of the things I want you to kind of get started on is to understand the stage where this team is at when it comes to their group development. Because many agile teams, we work in a team setting, right? So usually that team will be at a current level. And when you understand the level that they're operating from, then you're in the best position to know how to deal with them. Now, there is this concept that is called the Tuckman stage of group development, where there are basically like four stages that every team would normally go through. Right. So we have a team in a forming stage and that forming stage is really at the beginning stage where the team is just coming together. There's a high degree of guidance that is needed at this time. Individual roles are sometimes unclear. Processes are not well defined. And so everybody's kind of new to one another. And usually when a team is at that level, as a scrum master, you need to employ certain skill sets, certain practices to ensure that your team is able to move beyond that level. Now, after observing, there's a probability that your team might be in that storming stage. And that storming stage is really where the team has kind of like started working together. There's an understanding of team decisions, how those are made. There's a bit of clear purpose, but the team relationship is very blurry. So at this level, there might be a lot of team conflicts happening or individuals that are constantly at disagreement with one another. So you have to kind of understand, is my team at a storming phase? Because if they're in a storming phase, then you need to understand what you need to do at that time to be able to help them move beyond that level. Now, there's a possibility that maybe the team that you were assigned to might be at that numbing stage. And really at that numbing stage, relationships are well understood, right? They've been working for quite a number of time together. They understand what works well, what doesn't work well. 
you know, the, the team understands like how they commit to their team goals. And they are in that process where they're beginning to optimize their processes and they work really well together. So if your team that you're supporting is at that level, then clearly, you know, they are a good level and there are certain things that you need to do to also kind of work with them at that level and move them to that next level. And also there's a possibility that you might be assigned to a team that is already performing. And usually for a team that's already performing, you notice that they are really well focused. You know, they are focused on being strategic. The team is running really well with very little oversight, okay? And so you understanding where your team falls really plays a good role in knowing how to get them to that next level, right? Remember that I mentioned that one of your key responsibilities is to ensure that your team is very effective so that they could be high performing, right? So if you're lucky enough to meet a team that is high performing, then you have very little work to do because these guys understand the drill. They know what to do. But even in some cases, when your team is performing, usually when there's a new team member added to the dynamics, it changes the dynamics of the team. And a team can easily go from a performing team back to forming, right? Because now there's a new mix in the process. There are new things that that person needs to adjust to, or that person might even want to change a current process just based on mindsets and behavior. So um, if you, after observation, if you feel like your team is at a certain level, then you need to figure out how to get them to that performing level. So let's assume that in this instance, you've been assigned to a team and that team is at a forming level, then you really want to focus on getting the team to have the right mindset, the right attitude and behavior to kind of move them across the line where they can move through storming, norming, and actually get to that phase where they become a highly performing team. And in this situation, you want to ensure that people understand the process. Now, in this situation, there's a possibility that maybe they might also even be new to Scrum and Agile, you know, in the first place. So this is the time where you want to ensure that you are coaching your team on the Scrum process. You're coaching your team on the Agile process. You are coaching your team in understanding how each of the individual roles plays out to help them achieve this common objective, right? You're making sure that they all understand how they all bring, you know, the best to the table and how, how every work that they're doing contributes to, you know, the goals that the organization has set for, for the team. You're spending a lot of time ensuring that the teams are building themselves on trusting one another. You're ensuring that you want to coach the team to know how to respect one another. You want to teach them how to stay focused on the goal that has been set before them so that as they keep working and navigating, they're able to move to that storming phases where conflicts would definitely happen but then you already prepared and ready to know how to help them deal with those conflicts. And so you have things that you could introduce like team agreements so that the team can at least have an idea of how are we going to deal with conflict when it happens, right? Even though they might not know all the types of conflicts that they might face, but at least they are able to know, okay, if we don't do X, Y, Z, how do we want to address it, right? If somebody shows up late for a meeting, how do we want to address it? If somebody does not pull their weight and the work that they commit to doing in that particular sprint or iteration, they didn't get it done. How are we going to address it? Because remember, when you work as a team, all of you make the dream work. Now you've gone from the concept of I to we. So all of us have to pull that weight because that's the only way we can get to the finish line. Remember that in a team setting, 
one person doesn't have all the skill set required to get all the work done, right? We have, you know, all the skill sets coming together to ensure that we're getting things done. And so you need each other and everybody needs to understand we all need each other. Our skill set is important and we need to collaborate and ensure that we are getting things to the finish line. So at that, you know, at that level, if you find out that your team is at that forming level, you want to focus on respect. You want to focus on trust. You want to ensure that your team is focused on the work that they're doing. And this is where you can begin to employ, you know, some of those scrum values into place, right? Teaching them on how to focus on the work, teaching them how to respect one another, teaching them how to stay committed to their goals, teaching them how to be open about the issues that they are facing, right? So that that way they're able to talk about it and resolve issues amicably, right? So you want to focus on the scrum values. You want to focus on, you know, the agile manifesto because all of those things will really help us quickly move from that forming stage into the storming stage. Now at the storming stage, right? At that time, we kind of understand how we work, right? Our purpose is clear. But at this time, there's a possibility that we might step on each other's toes. And so at that stage, you're looking out for relationships. How does this team work together? How are they working together to ensure that you're reaching their goals? You know, is there any friction in the way we work? What are some of the issues that we're facing? From a Scrum Master's perspective, you want to introduce things like team events, okay? Even though we're a remote team, right? You want to introduce like online events that we can play, right? All work and no play makes Jack doll, right? So you want to ensure that it's not just all work for the team. Because for us to work really well as a team, we have to find common grounds. We have to find things that help us relate together, right? We have to find oh, I'm able to relate to this person on this level because we have this commonality, right? And so you want to migrate the team and graduate them from just being individuals to start thinking in a team setting and working as a team. And that's where the concept of you introducing things like team events come into play, where we're able to find other common grounds, we're able to know ourselves a little bit deeper. And that way, when we know ourselves a little bit deeper, we are able to actually show empathy to one another, right? Because when we don't even know what team members are dealing with, sometimes we might come as cruel trying to figure out like, why is this person always late? Why is this person not doing something? Why are they not doing that? Meanwhile, we might not even know some of the battles that you're dealing with on a personal level. But when you, as a scrum master, you create that environment for us maybe to talk outside of work where we're trying to figure out like, what are you up to? Where do you leave? You know, what do you like? If you're not working, what else would you be doing? That way we're able to find other things about the people that might also interest us. And then maybe team members could find out that, oh, I like the sport, you like it too. And then now there is that common ground where like, oh, I'm a fan of this team or you are a fan of this team. Or maybe as we even ask questions, like what do you do during the weekends and things like that? You might get to find out that, oh, maybe there's a team member who's taking care of a grandmother or a grandparent, or there is a single parent on the team that, you know, life is slightly a bit more difficult. You know, you could get to find out so many things. And the more you know somebody, the more you're able to show empathy for that person, which always reduces the conflict that we have. Because usually we're able to quickly have conflicts with people 
that we don't know and we don't really have relationships with. So, you know, you're wondering like, why are you speaking this way? You're being disrespectful to me or you're not doing X, Y, Z. But the more you know, the more you're able to excuse even some of those things that they might do to you that might hurt you a bit, just because now I know this person a bit more. And so I can tolerate some of those things, right? And one thing you want to know as a Scrum Master is no matter how brilliant the people on your team are, if you're not able to get them to work, on a common goal, they'll never get things done, which means they'll never become a high-performing team because a high-performing team sustainably exceed expectations and achieving clear goals. So that means there's always a goal set before them and they're able to come together and achieve those goals. So no matter how brilliant we are individually, if we're not able to work together, then we'll never get to that finish line. And so, and conflict is one thing that would really detail us from getting to that next level. So you want to ensure that you're really watching out for the relationships, how they play out within the team. You want to make sure that people are on a good page. You want to make sure that if anything or anyone says anything that might come across as being disrespectful, you're able to kind of nip that in the bot. You're able to kind of address the people involved to make sure that everybody's being cautious of the language and how they really crack jokes sometimes. And, you know, anything that might just um, upset the other party. And so once you focus on relationships in that area, you're able to gradually move your team to become a norming team where relationships are well understood on the team. There's commitment to team goals and they're able to begin to optimize themselves and really work really together. And so as a scrum master, this is some of the things that you want to focus on. Just don't focus on a, a day observing the events. Don't just focus on, oh, you know, are they showing up to meetings? Now, those things are equally important, but if you really want to get your team to that level where they're really high performing, then you really want to even understand the team structure that you have, that you're working with. What level are they on currently, right? Are they farming? Are they storming? Are they in that norming stage or are they in that performing stage? And even when a new member is added to the team, you want to also quickly watch out for the dynamics. Are we able to blend this new individual with the team you know, really well where that person doesn't feel like an outcast of the group just because they joined the team late. Now, while you are on the mission to build in a high-performing team, something else that you really want to watch out for is to ensure that these teams are collaborating really well. You don't want the team members to be working in silos because sometimes even though they are a team, because they have different skill sets, if you don't watch out for it, they might also try to work in silos. And if you have a silo team, then you can't really be high performing because you're only looking out for yourself. You're not looking out for your team. And so sometimes you're going to take the whole time trying to work on your own story or your own task that you forget that somebody else also has to do this task. And this is really common with very with software teams where they have unique skill sets and they have to kind of like pass the button within the team. And so if you're not really teaching them on how to collaborate really well, you find out that we're not still getting a lot of things done just because this team is not working really well together to be able to get us to that finish line. You also, also want to ensure that the team has a mindset of we right? The mindset where we're always thinking of ourselves as a group and not just myself and how I contribute to the success of this team or how I contribute as a, to the failure of the team. When we fail, we fail together. We don't have to point fingers, even though, yes, we can 
get to the root cause to say, hey, this were some of the situations that did not help us achieve our goals. But we fail together as a team and we succeed together as a team. So as a Scrum Master, you're watching out for language. You want to ensure that these team members are not only collaborating really well, but they have a we mindset, a we mentality where, you know, they're they are chasing their goals together and ensuring that they get to that finish line together. They don't point fingers when things don't work well. They don't have that silo in their mindsets and the way that they work, right? And obviously, when you work on the foundation where you teach them on how to respect one another, respect each other's differences, and you teach them how to trust, then it's much easier for them to have this we mindset where they're always thinking of themselves as a group rather than think of themselves as individuals. Also, for you to be high-performing, you're definitely delivering results. And for you to deliver results, the team members have to be really focused. They have to work with a sense of urgency where, you know, we have to get things done. There's a customer who is waiting for all of these things. And so you want to ensure that your team members are always focused on the task. They're committed to the goal, right? They're working with urgency. They're not slacking, right? Because we need results, right? There's a reason why this team has been curated together to work on specific goals. And so your team has to understand, you know, their purpose. They need to understand the, the goal that has been set before them. And they now have to use that to get to that finish line. And definitely instilling, you know, commitments and focus really helps you to get your team to that finish line where they are really churning out results, right? You know, day in, day out. Also, another way that really helps your team to churn out those results is for them to really, you know, have those challenges that they'll meet to let them stretch themselves, right? Let them set those targets for, for the work, you know? So let's assume that this sprint, you're able to, you know, accomplish X, Y, Z. In the next sprint, you want them to push for X, Y, Z, A, right? Or X, Y, double Z. You want them to kind of like stretch even further. So that way they're able to test new grounds, learn new things, adapt accordingly, and then grow. Because you need your team to have that mindset of continuous improvement. And one of the ways for you to get that is for sometimes for them to stretch. And when you stretch yourself, that's the only way you can really figure out how strong you are as an individual and as a team. Something else that will really help you get your team to become hyperthermic is to ensure that your team has a high sense of morale. You want your team, you want to boost the confidence of your team, right? You don't want to be that scrum master where every time you're nagging, oh, we didn't reach our spring goal. We didn't accomplish our, you know, our goal for this sprint. You also want to be that person who is their cheerleader, somebody who is always encouraging them that, hey, even though we are not where we want to be, we're not where we used to be, right? We've really improved. We're doing things slightly better. Try to call out those things that they're doing really well so that it can, it can boost their morale and they can feel really good about themselves. Nobody will feel good when every time it's only the bad things that we see in them. People feel encouraged when you see the good in them and when you call out that good in them. So you want to ensure that you are that one person that they can trust to boost their morale. You're that one person they can trust to give them that confidence boost that they need, even when things are not looking very bright or things are not looking very good. Because you understand that for you to become high-performing, it takes time. They might not understand it, right? So you want to be that scrum master who is there to encourage them and let them know that, you know, 
there is room for us to be great, but hey, let's appreciate even the baby steps that we've made today. Let's appreciate, you know, that improvement that we've made and that strides that we've made. And you will begin to see improvement even in your team because now their morale is boosted and they feel like they can really accomplish what has been set for them to accomplish as a team. It's very important for you to understand that high-performing teams really matter to organizations because they help us as an organization to achieve our objectives and our goal. And so your own role as a scrum master is to look for ways, practices, you know, things that you can introduce to your team that will really get them to that level because it's at that level that we get results. It's at that level that we get you know, our ROI on our investments, our return on investments. And it's at that level that the organization feels really pleased because then they're able to compete in their markets. They're able to deliver features on time to their customers and they are able to make money at the end of the day. And almost every organization, you know, is either for profit or not for profit. But even at the end of the day, whether they're for profit or not, there is a value that they've promised to deliver to their customers and you contribute to that value delivery. And when you are high performing as a team, you're able to help your organization realize those objectives that they've set. So as a Scrum Master, you need to understand your role. You need to understand how you contribute to that factor and the role you play in helping your team truly become high performing. So I hope that, you know, for those of you who are currently working, you're able to take this, you know, this message directly to work and begin to look for how to even make your teams even better. And for those of you who are in that market, now you know what to do when you eventually get a job, you know how to kickstart with your team and get them to that next level. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure, you know, recording this episodes every week and sharing that with you. And I hope you do, you do appreciate all of this efforts that I put into this episode. And one of the ways that you can show that you truly appreciate it is by you spreading the gospel, you know, sharing my podcast with your friends, your family, your colleagues, your circle on your LinkedIn, you know, on your social media pages, just kind of like spreading the gospel that way. It gives me that momentum. Remember we spoke about high morale, right? So put that to work almost immediately help me boost my morale you know by sharing it because the more downloads I get the more subscribers I get just kind of like gives me that morale that hey I'm not wasting my time people are actually listening to this share feedback with me you know send me emails send me messages let me know the impact that this podcast is really making in your agile journey and space and that way you would have told me thank you and I would really be appreciative of that so Put what you just learned to work and you can definitely boost my morale by taking some of those steps. You know, thank you so much. And for those of you who are interested in coaching, my coaching program is open. It's a 12-week program where you go from zero to 100. You learn everything that you need to become an exceptional Scrum Master. So if you're definitely interested in having a coach like me, then you definitely want to reach out. The, the, the My coaching program is truly jam-packed. Like it's super comprehensive. It has everything you literally need to kickstart your agile journey, everything you need to succeed in the Scrum Master role. And so you don't want to miss out on this opportunity. So do reach out to me and I'll share more about it. And if you also just want to kickstart that, you can always go to my website. It's scrummasteryplaybook.com. 
you can register and then you'll get access to a video that kind of describes what the coaching program is all about, what's in store for you and what you would get at the end of the day. And so that's also something you can do right away. And the website, once again, is scrummasteryplaybook.com. I'll also leave a link in the description box of this um, episode. Thank you so much. And I cannot wait to catch you in the next episode. Bye for now.